Hey everybody, quick disclaimer. Uh, this was recorded before the Monday Night Football, actually. Uh, this past Monday, so what had happened with Demar Hamlin, you know, we reached for the speedy recoveries, he pulls through, you know, what happened with the cardiac arrest on the field Monday night. So uh, I just want you to know that before listening to the rest of this episode. Thanks. Mark. It's the AA Show, another Agni Show, man. How's uh, Michigan for January 4th, 2023? How's it going? Happy New Year. I keep saying Happy New Year just to see how I <laughs> really feel. Because like I said last week, I, it just doesn't feel like a new year. <laughs> it's the least New Year year-end like Christmas I've been through. And then uh, there's a guy, hey, Wayne, you're just joining us in this podcast a little bit, I think. No, he's just he just... Patrolling in like a security guard, like he's a Securitas member or something. He's going in and out. Thank you for visiting. Thank you. I thought he was going to chime in again, but he probably would because uh, nobody's here. And then every time I record or say something or hear something on a speaker, this cat goes ape shit. So um, anyhow, why is it agony? Oh, BK, BK, why is it agony? Well, 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 well. Uh, you know, it's the end of the year, which means there's junior hockey tournament, you know, and then also end of the NFL season. NBA has kicked off its Christmas season. And also the Winter Classic is going on right now as I record this in the NHL. So two of the winter game sports are going through their halfway point season. And it's all, of course, a NCAA football. Is it an NCAA anymore? You just call it a college football. Uh, bowl season in the playoffs. And, you know, my my two teams again. I have, it's, I'm a Buffalo and an Wolverine. Buffaloes, I just go like, hey, you got Coach Prime. You go listen to that episode that I had about three weeks ago. Why uh, the entire conference needed Deion Sanders, not just the Colorado football. Go listen to that episode in episode 298 from a month ago already. Jesus Christ. Um, and then the Wolverines. Well, let's get right to it. Because, uh, you know, if I recorded this a day or two earlier, I would have been, like, way too emotional. <laughs> but I... My general thesis or the mentality doesn't really change, which I think is a majority of the Michigan fans, uh, Michigan Wolverine fans, which is, um, yeah, they fucking choked. They fucking choked, and this is this is not a surprise. Feinbaum is right in that one sense, but I am a little surprised how his tune fucking changed from, you know, two days before the game versus the day after, two days after. That's another story. If you want to hear about my more general thesis about Jim Harbaugh and how I feel about him, go listen to episode 251 almost a year ago. Jesus Christ. Episode 251, why Jim Harbaugh isn't coming to the NFL. Uh, 2019, was it, when I recorded in November after we came, they lost to Ohio State uh, the last time. Uh, keep Jim Harbaugh episode. Um, and then also there is another one, you know, state of Michigan football from 2018 when they got absolutely destroyed and I drove back five hours for that shit. Um, yeah, go listen to those. But basically I'm going to say this again and again for about the gazillion time. Jim Harbaugh has never, I say again, never been a proven winner. He's a great fucking coach at university of San Diego, Stanford, 
49ers and the Wolverines. Great coach to produce a professional level, top tier talent. But has never won anything. Has he won the conferences? Yeah, I guess the Pac-12 and then the, you know, Big Ten couple times now. Back to back, which has never happened in this school since whatever. This school has beaten Ohio State and Michigan State in the same year for the first time for however long at this point. 03 was it, I think. But he has never gotten the job done. The only suitable replacement, I said this back in 2018 in the State of Michigan football episode, the off show that I did, is John Harbaugh. <laughs> and John is on a bit of a thin ice. I think the Baltimore fans are getting, you know, they're getting tired of it. He's got that, believe it or not, it's been a decade now since he has won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco against his brother Jim, which Jim should have won. But he couldn't get it done after the mysterious Superdome power outage. But I'm not going there. Getting back into this game, uh, I did not understand. And then all these people going like, oh, Jim Harbaugh is a hot NFL commodity. And I'm like, yes, he's better than Gazillion. Like Jeff Saturdays of the fucking world. Absolutely. He's going to be a great coach. But is he going to bring you a championship? Especially if you're, say, the Denver Broncos or the Indianapolis Colts. And I'm a Colts fan. And I am going to be against Jim Harbaugh hiring because I just go like, and Jim's not coming. Jimbo ain't coming. I don't care how much Jim Irsay pill he has taken and then wants his old quarterback, the last quarterback before Peyton Manning back. But even then, the underdog Colts back in the 95, they overachieved and didn't win. The fucking Steelers got to the Super Bowl and lost, got destroyed by the Cowboys in the 95 Super Bowl. I, you know, so... And a bunch of people, even locally and nationally, is like, is this season a failure for Michigan if they don't beat TCU? To me, yes, because that was my mentality coming in. It's like, you hype all this shit up, going, it's the strongest trench, the offensive line and the defensive line. You know, last year was better, but they got destroyed by Georgia. But Georgia was on another level last year. Um, but Georgia this year looked beatable. They fucking struggle against Toledo and destroyed Oregon at their basically home stadium at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Or, you know, Pac-12 is an ass, so I don't count that non-conference that much, to be honest. God sakes, fucking UW Huskies are way better right now. USC has no fucking defense and couldn't beat Utah twice. <coughs> and I just go, TCU, I didn't overlook them either. And I have a proven gambling bet to prove it, which I did not understand how TCU was a 7.5 point underdog. And I just, I thought that was a disrespectful line. For the casinos to make money And I think Georgia Ohio State game was like Georgia by six and a half points So basically a touchdown And an extra point And seven and a half means like Okay touchdown and a field goal likely And I said two possession win No fucking way No fucking way So I picked TCU plus seven and a half So I made a little amount of money But I thought it was just like Ridiculous And to be honest Before getting into the game of the Michigan and TCU I gotta say, everyone's like, isn't this an amazing football? No, it ain't. Fucking Sun Bowl was like having crazy like 44-38 score, you know, between UCLA and Pittsburgh and shit. And there are a lot of ridiculous no-defense football, which 
you know, I go like, I look at the score at the end of it, and I'm like, am I watching the women's NCAA basketball game? What the fuck is the score? Like, 51 to 48. I'll just go like, nah, like, fuck this shit. They're saying football. I hated that Chiefs versus Rams a few years ago. It was like, wow, it was a fucking shootout between two teams. The Monday Night Football game. I just go like, dude, that that's some ass defense. And then that's a lot of, you know, manufactured drama happening with lack of discipline and shit. And even the Georgia-Ohio State game. Ohio State, I got to give them credit for showing up. But I really think they they play with, like, fuck it mentality, which I think loosened them up quite a bit and caught Georgia slipping because I, I think Georgia is, like, not as sharp as last year. So I, I just go, like, all right, the pure talent's going to win. And then the, the only, you know, the turning point on that game is Marvin Harrison Jr., who's going to be an unbelievable wide receiver in this league. I still remember his dad with Peyton as a Colts fan. I just go like, man, that kid's going to be a first-round pick in two years or next season. Kid's going to turn 20. And then once they lost him, and they already had one wide receiver down in Jogbug, you know, because like he said, I'm going to declare for NFL draft, and they didn't even bother showing up, which I'm okay with. But, you know, and... The re- but then again, Ohio State has ass defense. That's why I said Ryan Day is on a fucking clock. He has no fucking defense. He's like Lincoln Riley, but in Big Ten. No defense, all offense, and pump out all the offensive talent to the NFL. And Georgia is like, you know, half-assed offense with Stetson Bennett, who I don't think is even a CFL quarterback, you know, took care of somehow. And then gave a most unbelievable, unrealistic 50-yard field goal at the at the end of the year, but you know, but give Ohio State a lot of credit, I do, and then Georgia also credit for coming back. But just the scoring and lack of defense that whole fucking game. After w- watching what I saw of Michigan and TCU, I just said, "This ain't great. This is ass. This some shitty coaching or shitty whatever." I think Alabama players, the former alumni of the alum, uh, Alabama football, are saying the same thing. It's like this Alabama team this year who didn't do that great, but has the talent. Like this ain't the same Alabama that was even three, four years ago. They don't have the same discipline. They don't. They're not sharp. They're not like thinking about this shit. Is it the NIL with all the money that's coming in? I don't know. Bunch of millionaires, millionaires in the NCAA uh, right now. But back to the quality of football. It's just got a fucking awful. It's a lot of manufactured drama, which pisses me off. It's just like I I like seeing good defense, but only concept of defense people have are like fucking sacks and like interceptions i just go like no like corral the play crowd and then like trap your you know whatever have good matchups i'll be completely honest i thought tcu showed a great fucking defense in that first half until they fucking slept on it for a second half for some damn reason which makes me question a lot of things in life <laughs> I go like I jokingly say it's like dude I think a lot of this football's fucking rigged NFL and the NCAA I just go like it's just like I, I notice a lot of things watching so many games and yes gambling has added me in the intrigue of watching more but I just go like sometimes I see how the referees are keeping the flags in their pocket or bring the flag out of their pocket I just go like why 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 is this like coming out now but I digress. I didn't even watch the... I'll, disclaimer, I did not watch the third quarter between TCU and Michigan when they had a total of 44 points just in that fucking quarter. 44 points. Which is outrageous. Everyone's like praising it. Game of the year. No, no it ain't. Because this shit happened in the college football game like two, three years ago. 
what was it? LSU and uh, Clemson and like, no, not LSU and Clemson. LSU kill Clemson. Like LSU and Oklahoma. And then like Alabama and then Oklahoma. I just go, this is not sustainable. This is ass defense. This is like complete ass defense. Now, I saved my rant about the suspicious fucking manufactured drama I see a lot in football this season. Take that aside. We can talk about it more when we get to the NFL playoffs and that stuff. Michigan TCU. All right. A lot of the talking points have been Michigan has been outcoached. Michigan didn't know how to adjust. Michigan's the so-called strong trench got outplayed by TCU. Uh, I'm agonizing more at being angry. And I haven't been mad at sports. Mad, mad at sports. Uh, probably for a good four or five years. You know, seven for the team that I dearly care about during the game. You know, because 2015. I think la- I was this mad in 2015 October when the Blue Jays and Michigan were playing on the same Saturday. And it was Toronto versus Kansas City. Game two of the ALCS. And then they lost that one. David Price Absolutely laid an egg. Ball dropped in front of second baseman Anthony Goins for the Blue Jays. But I didn't blame Goins for that one because I just go like, no, David Price didn't fucking perform. And that was also the Michigan versus Michigan State game where Michigan won the game basically until they fucking had an oil hand and lost the the, the fumble, the fucking handoff or the snap. And Michigan State recovered and ran it back to the end zone to win the game in a miraculous fashion. That was the angriest that I could ever remember watching sports during it. I think Ohio State-Michigan thing, I was mad, but I just go like, man, whatever. You know, I just go like, Ohio State's more talented. I know that. Like 2018, 2019 when I talked about it. 2018 especially, when I drove back four hours, I was angry. But I think the anger was like also amplified by my like driving from 6 in the morning back to Ann Arbor to watch that slaughter. Um, but this one is especially egregious. Because I don't care about the schedule. Like, people are like, oh, Michigan played nobody. And I'm like, give me a fucking break. All the conferences, even your in-conference games, were god-awful. Like, if you look at SEC, who Georgia played, other than maybe Alabama, LSU pulling it at the end, Ole Miss felt, you know, faltered later. Tennessee, Georgia, that was it. Rest of the SEC look awfully beatable, in my opinion. Ole Miss, LSU, Alabama, they weren't so fucking sharp as they were before. Kentucky, great season. But I just go like, they worked their ass off. Big 10. I gotta say, other than Michigan and Ohio State, rest of them were pure ass. Illinois had a glimpse a little bit. Penn State came in with a lot of hype, but... They're, you know, hitting the ceiling where you can, they cannot usurp Michigan or Ohio State, talent-wise or coaching-wise. Wisconsin hit the wall. Purdue did great, and Brian, the their head coach is now back home in Louisville, Brian Brome. Nebraska's an ass. Iowa has no fucking offense, which is why two Michigan offensive players decide to transfer to Iowa at this point. But it, that's a nepotism at the top in Iowa. Rutgers is ass. Maryland is ass. You know, you get the idea. Michigan State fell hard after very impressive last year. So, 
Big Ten as a conference also look like an ass if you just look at the in-conference schedule. So in Ohio State, what was their non-conference schedule? They played Notre Dame, which I did not give a high praise for. And actually, Notre Dame pulled it off at the end, but I just go like, the fact that Notre Dame hung with Ohio State in the very first game the way they did told me that Ohio State wasn't that great this year, but somehow hung with Georgia, who's supposedly the best team in the country. So... I kind of rule the schedule shit out. I really do. Because if you look at the non-conference schedule of all these four playoff teams, TCU played who? Colorado in their first game? I remember that fucking game. TCU destroyed them. And Colorado's ass. I knew they were ass. That's why they got Dion, okay? So get the scheduling argument out of the fucking picture. All four had shitty-ass non-conference schedule. Oregon sucks for Georgia, okay? And their in-conferences were also asked too. The reason that TCU got there, aside from really great coaching and actually stepping up, Texas and Oklahoma are ass. Like, they have the talent, but, like, they can't, like, they're in rebuilding year. Baylor is shit. Oklahoma State was shit. You know, they just choke. They just choke. So, I call that even. I don't blame the scheduling. I think Michigan legitimately has more talent than TCU, as evidenced in the third quarter of this game. The problem came in... When they got fucking cutesy in the very first drive of the game, they got 50 yards from Donovan Edwards in the running back, got the ball down the field, got it to the two-yard line out of the end zone. But for some fucking reason, TCU was expecting Michigan to just punch it in, punch it in, right, with their running game. Decided to go Philly special. When you know that all the linebackers, and they're going to crowd the line, and then also make sure that, like, no funny shit is happening because... (laughs) TCU and Sonny Dykes, a head coach, knew that Michigan was overlooking them because I warned of this to Michigan fans. It was like, do not overlook TCU. They're going to come play harder and angrier. Don't give me this like, oh, it's Big Ten Midwest football. It's a hard nose. Good iron. Smash mouth. And it's like, you don't think they do that shit in Texas? Get the fuck out of here. And then this Texas team beat all the other traditional Texas and Oklahoma teams to get here. Okay? So don't give me that shit. And you know what? They got cutesy. And guess what happened? They're off rhythm until for the rest of the fucking game. Why do you go away from what you're really good at and make a statement? It, this was like, and then the gaff that they had the next drive when they, you know, the not call, non-call. I don't give a shit. If you get to the half yard line, the next drive, you know, uh, J.J. McCarthy threw a long one to Roman Wilson, the wide receiver. Initially called the touchdown, then called back because they said his ass and the knee were down at the half-yard line before the end zone. You know what? That should be a guaranteed touchdown. QB sneak that shit. But instead, they decided to do a fullback handoff for to a guy who's never been a fullback until this fucking season. And then he gets a ball handoff in the biggest stage? Why are you not doing shit that you're supposed to do? You had Donovan Edward, hand injury. Yeah, J.J. McCarthy, run the ball, sneak the fucking ball. You have other third, fourth running backs that could do this shit. But instead, you decide to get cutesy with it, and then gaffs it, and then like, fucking didn't know what to do. It was like watching Michigan versus Ohio State 2018-2019. Didn't know what to do. Which, and then I just go, what's the common denominator of all this? Was... The Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator this year, was he here last year? Hell no. Fucking Baltimore Ravens and Michigan did a trade of the defensive coordinators, brothers. 
And then Don Brown was not the defense, you know, was the defensive coordinator who worked with, you know, anyways. It was a different staff. They wanted a younger staff that gave him a success. But for some fucking reason, the executive coaching decision under Jimbo over here decided to go cutesy. Why? And they did not adjust. I didn't watch the third quarter because I was so fucking pissed at the halftime. And then I, I knew 18-point deficit was 21-3, to and they got a field goal at the end of the half to make it 21-6, which is the largest deficit in the college football playoff game history. And I said, I told Colleen, I was so mad. They ain't coming back. They ain't coming back. And then third quarter, I don't watch any of it until the very like last three minutes or so. And then, boom, they were like within three. It was like 41 to 38. And I go, what the fuck happened? And I could guess what happened, which is like TCU is technically not as talented as Michigan. And Michigan, with a sheer raw talent, decides to say fuck it and then spread the ball and go for it because they were down so much. You know, lose football. And then when it kind when it, when when the game got close and they started like tightening it up, they got fucking tightened to the worst way possible. Like Max Duggan, the quarterback of TCU, the finalist of a Heisman. You know, all the hearts out to the guy. I like him more than Stetson Bennett at Georgia. I really think Max Duggan is going to be a great CFL quarterback. I really do. He's not NFL big enough. He's going to get fucking like beat. He's going to be a great XFL or a CFL quarterback. You know, if he decides to continue to play football. I don't think Stetson Bennett's going to continue to play football. Go become a doctor or something, okay? Or a dentist. But, like, Max Duggan, you know, he also has feet, too. And he had one really good wide receiver. Michigan decide to gamble that Max Duggan's going to run or but not pass in one of the third down plays at the end of a third quarter and had their best wide receiver wide open and didn't fucking cover him. Gave up a touchdown, and it was like fucking 51-41 at that one point. And I go like, that touchdown shouldn't have fucking happened. How do you fuck up like defensive coverage that much that you forgot to cover the best wide receiver this team has just because you're so occupied by the QB, and then three people have to spy the fucking quarterback? That was unbelievable. This is some like 2018 Michigan Ohio State game level fuck up in the crossing route, and then the wide receiver ran a cross route, which is Michigan's like ever nightmare from 2018 2019 Ohio State games that you remember. And then I just go like, that was a shitty call, and Michigan somehow still made a comeback, and I'm like, and then TCU started slipping too because I'll be honest, they're all kids, you know, kids football, but also at the same time, I just go, what this proves to me this whole game is that Michigan definitely has a talent. Michigan definitely has better athletes, yet they could not overcome this. They only got back so close from an 18-point deficit on a sheer talent. It wasn't a great quarterbacking. Like all, It wasn't a great quarterbacking on either side at the end of the game. Max Duggan just gritted it out. But two interceptions are terrible and the one was a terrible deflection but jj mccarthy the michigan quarterbacks two interceptions uh two to ronnie bell their best senior wide receiver the captain he threw it behind ronnie bell and basically threw to the secondary of tcu and i just go like jj jj 19 year old kid he's got the zen moment great he's coming back next year the obvious stuff to do this offseason for him is to get your fucking passing game straight. 
I don't care what, you know, Ohio State game, he had the best passing game ever. He did not throw the ball for fucking 12, you know, 11 and a half games this season. He didn't need to. Because you're all playing a bunch of bums in Big Ten and Hawaii and whatever, the Yukon and shit. You just maul him over. At the same time, I just go like, you gotta give this kid a fucking passing rep. But every time they gave this kid a passing rep, it sucked ass. It was like, for what? 5 for 11? 7 for 12? Some dumb shit like that? And then how many yards they got out of it? Maybe 50, 80, 100? An Ohio State game, they got lucky because Ohio State had no fucking defensive answer. So, JJ just threw easy ball and no coverage. So I don't count that fucking as a passing game improvement because Ohio State didn't defend at the end of the game and their secondary was dog shit. TCU came prepared because they knew this kid, JJ, is a hit or miss throw. And he greatly missed when he fucking missed. He, the two interceptions were just simply unacceptable behind those receiver throws. Behind. And I'm like... This kid doesn't overthrow that much. And then I think because he got gun shy. Because he started overthrowing a lot. And I go like. You need to work in your accuracy game. Because man. He's going to come back one year. And then people are going to go. Wow he's such an athlete. He's such going to be a top. He's going to be like a second, third, fourth round draft pick in the NFL. Hell no. Not with that fucking passing game. He ain't. Fucking Taysom Hill throws better than him right now. Okay. At best this is a Taysom Hill. Like prototype. Okay. But fucking two interceptions are horrific. And fucking Michigan had their best kicker. Then he's not going to come back. So long story short, the coaching was awful to a point where they they just relied on talent to just push through the game plan, which I did not understand. And when it came to fourth quarter, I think they ran out of fucking patience and also like answer. They said, we came back this much in third quarter and that we wanted to will our way through TCU. Not realizing that how much grit and how much, you know, fucking, you know, anger TCU has carried the last 10 years. I remember I was at the very first college football playoff final between Oregon and Ohio. And TCU, the big controversy that playoff was TCU did not make it to the top four. So people had a sign that says winner plays TCU. It was really funny. I enjoyed it. Uh, and then the problem. <laughs> so, and then TCU gets no respect because you ain't the Longhorns. You ain't the Oklahoma Sooners. Hell, you ain't even OK State. So, you get no respect. And they finally got it. And I think they deserve all the credit. I like Sonny Dykes when he was at Berkeley. I, you know, indirectly follow Berkeley also. And I was surprised that Cal fired him. But then I don't think Sonny Dykes would have succeeded at Cal given how Cal would not fucking give a budget for football assistance like TCU did. So I think he's a he's a great coach. He came prepared. He got a lot done from the transfer market and then uh, got the job done. And they played with a chip on their shoulder, came prepared, and knew whom to go after and then really get Michigan players, the offensive line, defensive line, you know, shaken up a bit. That is a solid college coaching right there. And then I think the TCU kids are going to do, like, are going to be clutch. And I re- they're, I knew the winner of this game was going to be an underdog against Georgia. But I think TCU has a decent chance against Georgia. And I would not be surprised. Not only do they cover the point spread, but beat 
Georgia because TCU, even though they didn't win the conference game, that was a. I think TCU got their grit lesson when they lost a Big 12 championship game to Kansas State. And Alabama absolutely destroyed Kansas State. And people go, oh, Big 12 sucks. But I just go like, uh, I think TCU played with a lot of jitters in that fucking game. And I think they really overcame that adversity in this game against Michigan. They got the cooch off their fucking back. And they played with great mentality. Losing the Big 12 championship for TCU is the best thing happened to them. I'll say that right now. Michigan has not faced that magnitude of adversity except for the first quarter and a half in Columbus when Ohio State was seemed like they were ahead of it. And because of that, I gave Michigan a you know the good fighters chance in the second quarter, but they fucking no showed. And I knew it was going to be too much hill to climb 18 points down, 15 points down at the half. They nearly did it, but for some fucking reason, they forgot who they were at the end of the third quarter and the fourth quarter, including the snap, you know, botch snap at the in the very last drive. But the fact is that I don't even blame that at the end. Oh, they missed a targeting call. I don't give a shit. Michigan should have outplayed TCU. TCU came better prepared, actually knew how to adjust, and contain the Michigan's best players. And fucking Michigan fucking pussied out. And who do I lay the blames on in this? Jim. Jim got fucking cocky. Jim got fucking cute. Jim got fucking arrogant. All this hype. All this shit. And you know what? If I were an NFL team, I would not hire him. Either, unless I'm like Jacksonville Jaguars or something, just be satisfied with winning a fucking round or making it to the playoffs, then Jim's a great coach for you, okay? But if your expectation is that you want a winner, I won't go get Jim Harbaugh unless he proves himself. If I sit down as an executive at an NFL team or owner, sit down with Jim and then be like, Jim, what differentiates a champion to a playoff contender or playoff winner? Explain to me what it takes to be a champion and what it will take for you to take my franchise, the Indiana Skulls, to back to the glory of the Peyton Manning days. Tell me, what is the mentality and the culture that you want to spread? I think Jim will give a fluff answer, but I would give a follow-up answer. So how would you do it differently in this franchise that you haven't... I'll be frank, finish the job in all your all the organizations that you have led. How would you do it differently? I'm really curious to know what Jim's answer is. Because two years in a row, last year I didn't even bother watching Georgia versus Michigan because I know Georgia was way too good. This year, I just go like, you gave this hope that you did it right, you did it right, you were ready, you knew what it takes to win. Clearly you don't. So I'm going to say this right now. Jim Harbaugh, no NFL team should hire Jim Harbaugh. And Jim Harbaugh should not think about going to the NFL until he gets his shit done. Same as the Maple Leafs. And maybe the Blue Jays. You got one more year to get this right. You got the quarterback. You got the transfer people coming in. You got some sophomores and juniors and the freshmen who did a tremendous job. In the soft-ass conference schedule that you got. 
And a lot of the Big Ten teams are still rebuilding, whether it's Wisconsin, Purdue, Nebraska, Iowa, you know, Penn State even. It's still going to be your conference to win. You got Ohio State at home with many of their offensive players going away. So your window is still one more year before other teams reload and get its shit together. So you better get this because if Michigan wins Big Ten again next year, I don't give a shit about non-conference schedule at this point because that's a moot point. I'll say that right now. Before the playoff expands to 12, 12 teams, which makes it even harder with maybe two more rounds, and before all these teams load up, next year, 2023 college football season, for Michigan Wolverines, it was a do or die. And my expectation for Michigan Wolverines is national natty or nothing. National championship or nothing. Because I'm sick of this shit where Bo was a great coach. Joel Klatt of Fox Sports said it the best. Hey, Bo never won anything. Let's be frank. I'm with him. I don't understand these like people in this state that wear rose-colored glasses, look at Bo and Jim and be like, this is great. And yes, I understand. 13-0, and 13-1 and is a tremendous season. But this is Michigan. This ain't Berkeley. This ain't fucking Iowa. This ain't TCU. Go Frogs. Colorado, I have a different expectation. Because if they win a Pac-12, that's a fucking tremendous achievement. And Dion bringing the attention and the respect the program deserves. Because it's on a, such a rock bottom at the moment. Rotted rock bottom. That I'm okay as long as like Dion delivers some reasonable five and seven season or something. I'll be very happy. But Michigan, it's different. Jim, you were brought here to win the national championship. You haven't won a postseason bowl game since your debut season in 2015 on a, against the depleted Florida Gators team. He hasn't beaten anybody. Other than Ohio State and Michigan State. He hasn't beaten any of them. And what comes down to that? In-game adjustments. 2016. Michigan versus Florida State Orange Bowl. Jim should have beaten Florida State. They came back late. But they were down so early in the beginning. Despite the talent that they had. Against the South Carolina Gamecocks. They should have beaten them. What was it? 2018 when that was? I didn't watch the game, but I just go like, how can you lose to South Carolina? That just tells you how like unready this team is after such a long layoff. Between the Ohio State or the Big Ten Championship game in late November until January. For some fucking reason, that four weeks, this team fucking struggles. Only wins when the other team fucks up, which is what happened in the very first bowl game against Florida Gators. What was it, 41 to 17? That Gators team sucked and fired the head coach. Jim McEwen was coaching at Central Michigan now. So, Jim's not a winner. The only way I will acknowledge that Jim's a winner is when he wins a national championship. You get to the national championship and don't win, I don't care. You still hasn't, haven't beaten anybody. If they beat, you know. TCU and lose to Georgia or something. Hey, if they gave a valiant fight and loss, I'd be like, maybe I'll give a credit. But even then, I would not be satisfied because Georgia looks so fucking beatable this year. Told I lost money because Georgia couldn't cover 35 and a half point spread <laughs> against Toledo. 
in the middle of the season, not in the beginning. Man, Kirby Smart, the head coach of Georgia, was so fucking mad. I was mad that I lost money. I was like, you should have destroyed Toledo. 50 to nothing minimal. Instead, it was a close game by two touchdowns. I go, what the fuck? This was the window. This was the window. And Jim fucked up. Jim got arrogant. I am mad because of that. So, anyways, I'm going to stop right there. I went a long-ass rant of lack of in-game adjustment, lack of preparedness, and just players not knowing what the fuck to do, which is a pattern I've seen since 2016 and a long layoff. I don't know what Michigan's doing that other teams aren't doing. That's my observation and my long rant. And, yeah, NFL teams, be aware. Because if I were the owner or the executive general manager, that's a question I would have asked. Ask the same question. I'm sure you already did. Anyways, thanks for listening. It's going to be a great year. I'm going to be less angry. Don't worry about it. And then uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.